This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. If you smell what the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of December 16th, 2018. This is the road to 2020, and this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. Vince. And I'm Bryant. This week, we're putting a magnifying glass on some of the new rules the XFL experimented with last week during their test game in Mississippi. This is episode 47. Enter the football laboratory. Guys, it's a a week since the big announcement, the big press conference, but I would say even bigger experiments. So much going on with the XFL as we Head into 2019, last few shows of the year here, so much to get into. Are you ready to talk rules, Vince? Absolutely. We've said from day one, uh, the quality of the play, making the game different, reimagining the game of football, and we're really getting down to brass taxes in this laboratory down in Mississippi. Bryant, I have so many rules this week that I want to go over from those YouTube videos the XFL posted. I know you watched them. I hope you've ranked. I don't know. Are you using a system to rank the rules? Do you know which ones you like, which ones you don't like yet? Or are we going to have to talk this through? Yeah, we're going to we're gonna have to go through them. I do have like a little system. I normally don't like to rate things by stars in my other life, but uh, here I'll do that. I'll, I'll rank them in stars. And, um, and uh, <laughs> we'll see. I, I feel like... Uh, We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll get into it. That's, that's interesting you say that, Brian. You, you may be using stars. I'm going to use thumbs. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs So, yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to take the rules that the XFL experimented with, whatever your rating system is. I don't care if you use thumbs or stars or whatever else. Uh, we're going to talk them through and talk about what we like and what we don't like and uh, what is most interesting because there's a lot to uh, get into with the potential new XFL rules, the reimagining of football, if you will. Everybody, you know the drill by now, at XFL Show, on all social media. That's Instagram, that's Twitter, that's Facebook, at XFL Show, and of course the website, this is the XFLShow.com. We've gotten a lot of great feedback. We did have our, uh, big, our big raffle giveaway so congratulations to our winner who left a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. That was how you registered to win a cool uh, string bag, XFL goodies all packed inside. So thanks for to everyone who uh, reviewed and subscribed. Keep doing that. Tell your friends. It's going to boost up the show's ratings, get the XFL out there, get more people talking about the league. And uh, who knows, we should have more giveaways pretty soon, huh, Brian? Oh, definitely. You know, I mean, just think of how much joy you'll have in the face, uh, on your face, just the same joy that uh, Vince had when he opened up his bag of goodies from uh, Mr. Lucky. Yeah, and it's one of our most popular <laughs> YouTube videos, actually. And uh, if you guys and girls out there want to see more of our stuff, we're putting a bunch of content on our YouTube page as well. Uh, just go to our YouTube page or just go to the website. It's all there in one uh, easy-to-find place. This is the XFLshow.com. Uh, actually, I was talking more about next giveaways. Bryant, don't you have like 50 old-school XFL footballs? we got to be able to get one of those away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I cherish those very highly. We'll, we'll see. I, I have um, 
eight football. I mean, I'm sorry, I have 18 pennants. Maybe we can get rid of those. Uh, but my XFL footballs, I feel like, are like their childhood memories. They're pretty sweet. And I, that's another debate for another day, what the football will look like in the XFL, guys. But uh, we've got a lot of rules to get into a little bit later on in the show. But real quick, some news and notes from the week, if you guys are ready for the cover two. Going for two. Go for two and the lead. The XFL announced yesterday that it's going to be a team in Seattle. Do you have any thoughts on another football team at CenturyLink? Yeah, the, when I saw the note for the first time, I was fired up. I thought it was awesome, you know, for... And the first thought I had is just the, the following for the Sounders and in, any sport we play here, our fans go crazy. So I hope that they'll really enjoy it and, and embrace it. And and, uh, and the fact that that would be here in town, I, I would love to have that, you know, and get to watch guys and see guys develop and all that kind of stuff, you know. And, you know, I, I don't need, I don't know the makeup of the XFL games at this point. I don't know whether the, the rules are the same. or Is this the XFL that's the... Uh, they're not wearing the thorns on their helmets and stuff like that, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so whatever that is. I don't know. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's great. Do you look at these, at these new leagues as kind of feeder leagues, like, as you said, yes. developmental leagues potentially yeah. for you guys? Wish, yeah, we wish they, they would become that, you know. It's a, a great place to bring guys up that, that need the work, you know, need the time. It's great for quarterbacks in particular. You know, we just love to have, a, you know, for Alex Magoo to have a place to play and where he could develop. You know, that would be awesome for him when he doesn't get the reps this year, you know. So uh, for a lot of guys, it would be a benefit. Seattle Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll, guys, talking about the XFL coming to Seattle. Of course, Seattle is one of the eight cities, and he seemed pretty fired up about it. Uh, really interested in it being a feeder league, he said, a development territory, if you will, Vince, for the NFL. Um, you know, I know the XFL doesn't want to be called a developmental league, but we do know they want a relationship with the NFL, and it's really cool to see, uh, pro- I mean, one of the, I th- I'd say, best coaches in the NFL this year, the job Pete Carroll's doing, saying the XFL's a good thing. Uh, that was pretty cool to see this week. Oh, I mean, say what you want about Pete Carroll, but this guy is, is uh, you know, he plays the game. This guy has done it all. Uh, 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 a Super Bowl winning head coach, a natural national collegiate champion head coach. I mean, he's done it all. I think he's one of the best coaches of all time, possibly. And, you know, he, he's, I love the enthusiasm from this guy. And, you know, he, he's got it. He knows what's going on here, uh, talking about how this is just great for the game, getting guys uh, reps. He talked about his, his backup quarterback, Alex Magoo, getting him s- some reps in a spring league. He, he, he really understands. He loves football. You could tell the passion. Oh, yeah, Pete Carroll is a total football junkie. And uh, that, 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 I think, totally illustrates who is really hyped up for the XFL? Coaches, players, people who are freaks for football. Even Pete Carroll, Bryant, is jacked up for the XFL, and he's not even going to coach in the league because it's just more football, and who doesn't want that? Well, it's more football at the end of a season. You know, people want to see more football after Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, he brings up the great point of of practice squad quarterbacks uh, trying to get some reps, players in general getting reps in these uh, in this league. Um you know, if they can develop that sort of partnership, that sort of relationship with the NFL, uh, that's going to be huge for for the XFL uh, quality players. You know, and that means that means the the quality of the play is going to be excellent. Yeah. I, I Pete Carroll sounds like the kind of guy that you know after the first season of the XFL, he's going to be championing to put some of those rules in the NFL. I have a feeling. 
Yeah, I, I could see <laughs> Pete Carroll. He's that kind of re, he yeah. has that he has the kind of imagination that is down for reimagination. I, <laughs> yeah, I like. I think. I think you're right. Pete Carroll's a, a kind of an oddball, but in a good way, I think. And uh, he did bring up thorns and helmets. I don't know where he got that. I don't think. Did, did I miss something, Brian? Did the 2001 XFL have thorn thorny helmets? I don't remember. Maybe just the San Francisco <laughs> been, demons. Maybe it was maybe it was part of the initial scramble, and they scrapped that right <laughs> after the right after the gate. I, I don't. I don't really recall the horns, but I do remember the the ruggedness, the toughness, the. Yes. The, the gladiator feel that the XFL originally was. And and it sounds like Pete Carroll's more on, I, I don't think if the XFL from 2001 was around, this uh, statement from a head coach in the NFL would have happened. I think this is uh, being done a little more proper, a little different, obviously. So yeah, I think that's why that statement was made. A coach who's respecting the job Oliver Luck's doing and see, and kind of knows that you know we, we're in need of, a, of more football leagues to give players – a chance to get more reps, a quarterback like you brought up, Alex Magoo. And the good thing is players like that in the NFL, Vince, uh, it's not going to be hard for the NFL to cut ties with guys like that and say, hey, go go to the XFL and maybe come back and try to try out for training camp next year. Or, or maybe uh, unless there's some sort of actual business deal, that's what NFL teams would have to do in order to get a player that, like that to the XFL. We've talked about it before. Uh, length on this program, and you could go back in the archives at, at, on our website. This is the XFL Show.com. And you, you could listen how we talked about how practice squad players aren't are making about the same as what a tier one player is going to make in the XFL. So if you're a quarterback specifically and you want to get a good look, you want to show your talents and what you can do, you go to the XFL. And you're on display for a full season instead of just running practice plays. And people are going to see you and they're going to say, hey, we need, maybe need that guy on an NFL roster, not just a practice squad. And, and one thing I think people are, are, are kind of neglecting is the fact that not only is the, the quality of the play important in the XFL, but I think because the XFL, the AAF are going to be around, uh, I think that's going to up the quality of play on all pro level football and eventually the make the nfl even better i think it's the quality of the play i mean am i wrong there brian no i don't think so i mean that that's that's what it is right you, we play that drop so often but it is what is what the uh, the league is 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 headed towards right they want quality they want they want the um an exceptional player right more than than 2001 and you know vince you bring up a great point because um the practice squad players right now in the league are guaranteed i think it's three weeks at seventy six hundred dollars a week and that's it. I mean, they, you know, that's what their guarantee is. If they sign a contract with the XFL for 50 to 60 per year, I mean, if you're a practice squad player throughout the entire year, you're making about $130,000 a year. So there is no comparison there, but you're not, you're not guaranteed that, I guess is what I'm getting at. Do you go for the reps? Do you go and try to make, you know, um, more money? with the XFL and, and hopefully boost your stock, yeah, right? And, that's and, that's and, the important thing. You know, and I've said it before on this program that, you know, uh, endorsements, local endorsements, you know, uh, you know, car dealerships, you know, they, they don't want, you know, the, the practice squad fourth string quarterback, uh, you know, selling their products and their cars. They want, you know, the star quarterback and that could be the star quarterback of an XFL team. It could. 
It could. It very well might end up being like that, uh, where you see these guys getting their face out there, making extra cash outside of playing football, which we're all hoping for. That's what this is all about. Not only uh, creating great football, reimagining the game, but really more jobs. I mean, when you think about how many pe- people these teams will employ, it's all it's all good stuff. Uh, I think both leagues coming into uh, fruition here, the spring leagues, the AAF and the XFL. And if it ends up being a spring league war, well, you know, we're ready for that and we're, we're going to cover it all. Uh, number two here on our cover two guys, it, it was reported this week from Fox two in St. Louis. Uh, some of the details on the agreement between the XFL and the St. Louis convention and visitors commission. And it's loaded with all sorts of interesting financials. Uh, the contract goes through 2022. So uh, the XFL, I'm hoping it's around at least that long. It'll be in St. Louis until 2022 for the first well, I guess that would be three seasons. The XFL must pay the St. Louis Convention and Visitors Commission $125,000 by January 15th of 2019. That's one month away, and then another $125,000 due thereafter. That kind of puts into perspective the student loans I have due around that same time, Brian. But the XFL <laughs> will be paying St. Louis to play there. Good deal there for for the city and the Convention and Visitors Commission uh, you have some of the other details here on our on our note sheet. Uh, what do you what pops t- uh, out to you the most? Well, the one thing that I wonder is is whether or not it's actually a typo or not. It says here the league will pay a hundred thousand dollars for five regular season contests, but then if there's an extra game, it'll be a hundred thousand dollar each game. I would think, right? That's what I'm kind of reading. I, I think the I, way Fox, it- at least on their website, Fox Two maybe phrased this poorly because I, I'm. I'm pretty sure it's a hundred K per game. Okay. If that's the case, then that, that, that kind of uh, messes my numbers here a little bit, but I was trying to average out how much the cost was per game there. And, and I was at 156 is probably going to push it somewhere towards like 175 ish per game, but that's the cost, right? If you, if you factor in the fact that they're giving 200 uh, complimentary tickets, uh, a box, it looks like three suites per game to the CVC. Um, and they're responsible for game day expenses. I mean, th- th- they're looking at up towards $200,000 per game in that stadium. Uh, financially, I guess they, they must have thought that, that was financially sound because they wouldn't have made the deal if not. But that seems pretty hefty to be playing um, some XFL games. Uh, yeah, a little bit different uh, from what the Rams were giving St. Louis back when they were their humvees. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, so the XFL's, you know, paying a pretty penny to it appears to play in St. Louis, but I would say that's worth it, and that seems like a decent. Uh, I mean, we know how much the XFL is. Uh, Vince McMahon's putting into the league, and depending on TV deals and whatnot, the, the, these expenses should be able to be paid off easily. Uh, what stood out to me the most. Vince and I know I know that you and I were talking off air about this a little bit during the week and how important Wi-Fi is at a, at any live sporting event these days. We were talking about going to Steeler games and how I was a uh, kind of iffy on getting on the the stadium Wi-Fi, but then you got the signal in there so poor you got to get on the Wi-Fi, and it's so important for a stadium to have good secure Wi-Fi during games and. In this agreement, it, it was revealed that the St. Louis Convention and Visitors Commission is they must provide provide free Wi-Fi during games. Which the more you think about it, Vince, so essential to the live betting aspect of the XFL and sports in the 21st century in general. 
Uh, absolutely. You know, I mean, you know, you go to, you. I mean, it's a sad state of affairs, but if you go to a lot of sporting events, there's a lot of people just on their phone, not even watching the game, uh, check, checking in on other games and God knows what. Uh, but, you know, you, you knew, especially for the live betting uh, and, you know, they, they, you know, they're stressing the betting, they're stressing the fantasy football aspect of it, uh, a lot of interactions. So you got to have good, you got to have good Internet connections for fans to interact with the game you know we hear talk about uh how in you know all sports all leagues uh, across the country attendance is down well you know you got to be able to make going to a game something special and you know this live betting in person at a game you know that's something very unique that not other uh any other leagues really going to be able to offer and and you got to have the good uh uh infrastructure in place in order to do that you know it's great that you have the idea but you know if your tools and your internet suck uh nobody's gonna nobody's gonna get frustrated they're not gonna do it and and most teams nowadays work with you know companies like boingo or or whoever you know they have their own wi-fi maybe they do it through the local provider that's prominent in that town a verizon a, a comcast whatever but i would i would guess that most stadiums at least that i go to in the last year have free wi-fi maybe it's not always the best but st louis back when the rams were there in the dome did not which is unfathomable you have to have good free secure wi-fi for the people attending your games with fantasy football with live betting uh, in more and more states with i would say security too people need to be able to text and call each other in such a big venue and the the you know LTE the regular signal's terrible, Bryant. You need good Wi-Fi, and that goes for I think any anything in life. <laughs> Wi-Fi is the most important thing, maybe next to water. Yeah. Uh, Wi-Fi is football. the most important thing. I feel like it's the number one question you ask me whenever we go and meet up for certain events around the year. Well, how's the Wi-Fi uh, in that household? Um, <laughs> you know it's very you important, know, Vince. <laughs> Vince, you bring up a great point, right? People are on their phones at the game. I think a few years ago when. Um, when uh, when smartphones kind of started becoming more of a popular thing, right? We're, we're talking maybe four or five years ago. The NFL missed out. And what I mean by that is it was better to watch a game at home than it was actually in the stadium, right? You could watch this because nobody could get in contact with anybody while you're at the stadium. At least while I'm at home, I can watch the game. I can watch other games. I know who's winning what. I know how my fantasy team's doing, my betting. I know where my mom is, you know, things like that. Now that Wi-Fi is such a necessity for NFL stadiums or any stadium really to not have that just seems unfathomable, unfathomable to me. And uh, yeah, it's like going back into the the stone age. It's like, if I'm going to go to a a pro football game, I don't want to have to, you know, bring a club and have to forage for food and not have, uh, be able to contact the outside world. It's the 21st century. And, you know, whether we like it or not, these are like, you know, uh, limbs, these smartphones for us and we need them. They're essential. And, that I think that was that at least to me on that agreement we read from Fox Two that came out this week stood out the most to me because Missouri eventually I would guess from what I've been reading will have legalized betting by 2020 Vince and that will be huge. Okay, well, all right, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a critical part of it. Uh, you know, it's got to be legal in the, in that particular state, um, and I I guess to my knowledge. Uh, 
the New York team, which is going to be playing in New Jersey, may be the only one they right are. now. Yep, the New York XFL team is the only team that's playing in a stadium that is currently in a state where gambling on sports is legal now. But all of this is moving so fast and so quickly. I mean, Pennsylvania this week, Vince, the state in which you and I are sitting in here doing this show, uh, legalized it. It, it. It's been legal in some places, but in the city of Pittsburgh, uh, the big casino in town, people taking bets. Pretty awful, though, that the first bet there, Bryant, was an $11,000 bet against the Steelers. So that that's pretty rough. But hey, it's, it's legal now. And uh, I don't know if that just should be legal for a Steeler fan, but either way, uh, it's going to happen. More and more states are going to legalize sports betting. And the XFL, cho- you have to believe, chose these cities knowing that they, the states at least had a very good chance of being legalized betting states. Although the Tampa team is one thing I'm looking at because what I read is that Florida is going to, it's going to be a bear. It's going to be very tough for sports betting to be legalized there for a while. Yeah. Cause I, I, I believe they only have uh, Indian casinos in the state of Florida uh, with some, you know, kind of, you know, um, kind of uh strange regulations i'll say it uh between uh the state and the native americans there i guess they kind of negotiate over those laws um so yeah you know unless you know the the tampa bay stadium's not built on on a reservation so i mean you can't you can't just gamble yeah. there yeah raymond uh, so. james raymond james uh stadium so, is, and is, i and, and the state and i think a lot of the states are like that the state of washington i believe only has indian casinos i i could be wrong on that um yeah, so there's some other ones. That's going to be very interesting. But, hey, there is time to get this put in place. I think that's the most important part about it. They have time. You know what, Vince? And, and, and I'm quoting an article here from ESPN, but it looks like and this is Texas is on this kind of same level as Florida as well in terms of there's actually no movement on the government side in terms of legalizing sports betting. And this is a recent article here, I believe, in late November, so not too long ago. Uh, California seems pretty far behind. Oh, absolutely, yes. I I mean, you're um, talking about some states that don't even have regular gambling. And and that's that's the, you know, the big part about it. You know, I mean, if you're not going to have slot machines or or table games, how are you going to move up the sports bet? Next summer when these states see that New Jersey is, you know, getting close to $4 billion in bets placed, and they're taking a cut of close to you know four hundred million dollars as a state because of all the bets. You watch those other states uh, start moving on it real quick. Uh, yeah, that that's a hundred percent right. I think a lot of states, you know, there's there's a lot of waiting in the wings here uh, to see you know how how these states do. You know, it, I'll I'll speak from experience. It was a bear in order to get Pennsylvania to have sports betting here, uh, and you know. We're going to see how it does. There's some very high taxes in place. A lot of people nervous that it's not going to be profitable, but we're going to uh, we're going to find out. Well, that's on the casinos end. It's profitable if you could win and pick winners. <laughs> do you guys do you guys think what are, what are the chances um, that there's actually be like gambling booths within the stadiums at these games? Do you think I, that's even a possibility uh, in some of these? I states? would say. I, I don't think in the in the next you know five years, but in ten years, yeah, I think we've got 
We've got some. We got to catch up because they have that in England. You would have to have a casino sponsor yeah. it because this casino has to have a license. Go to the MGM booth and, and on a, the third a, concourse. Yes, that's that's kind of what would have to happen. Um, and it'll, <laughs> so it'll instead of buying just a, <laughs> so instead of buying an eighteen dollar beer that could turn out to be like a fifty eight dollar beer depending on how much I put down while I was out there. On the concourse, yeah, that, that's that's that, that's a trap you might fall into going to games, <laughs> and that might go back to you know it might be better just to stay at home and watch the games, Brian. But yeah. no, that, it, that that will make it a lot of fun for sure. Uh, the 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 live betting aspect and the Wi Fi. You want to make people comfortable. You give them good Wi Fi. So uh, good on the XFL and St. Louis coming to those agreements. Uh, guys, we have uh, we had holding in the end zone. Can't finish the cover two. Um, on on a defensive penalty, so uh, we've got some bonus downs real quick. Fourth and down. Uh, first one is that Oliver Luck was on the Sports Business Radio podcast uh, earlier this week. He did a kind of a live seminar talking to students, uh, sports business students. And Brian, I know you listened to it, took copious notes. I did too. Uh, the number one thing I took from that was that he basically said a lot of the same stuff we've heard, but more clarification that XFL players are going to be basically working five to six months out of the year on a season and uh, players will be paid for those months. And uh, so even the the tier four players that we've been calling them, the guys making 50 to 60 K that's not too bad for, you know, half a year's work for a lower tier player. (laughs) That's very true. Uh, Any other uh, quick, quick hits from that uh, interview that Oliver Luck did that you noticed, Bryant? I mean, like I said, I took some some very you know strenuous notes. I'll probably tweet some of these out because uh, we only got one play here to do it. But I did. Uh, his goal was an eighty to eighty five plays per offense, which is kind of uh, stagnating. Uh, but the one thing that I did grab More out of this, plays. I'm trying to find my notes here, um, is he brought up somebody asked him about the player pool and, and and the possibility of high school players, and he did make it clear that the XFL is not subject to the same restrictions as the NFL is with high school slash college players. So there is the potential for high school players. He also yeah. said that you players have to sit down. Far between those players are, though. There's going to have to be like a LeBron James type of athlete that's just a physical freak, yeah. and those are very rare. Yeah. And I was going to gloss over that one because the one that really caught my attention was players who have to sit out because of a transfer at the collegiate level. And that that's kind of huge because there are players who, who want to transfer, who want to get out of where they are, and they have to sit out a year. Well, they might just move over to the XFL. And, yeah. Yeah, you think if like Jalen Hurts had the XFL option this year, he would have stuck around to be a hero in the SEC championship game and then potentially start this this college football playoff game for Alabama? Or do you think he could guy like him might have said, you know what, screw it, I'm gonna just go play in the XFL right now. And the the guy from Clemson, um what's his name that I'm the, Kelly Bryant. Yeah, instead of yes. transferring, he could have, you know, said, you know what, screw it, I'm gonna go join an XFL squad, train and play in the spring there. Uh, that yeah. that could, that's an option players are going to have much like back in the day when Herschel Walker you know broke the barrier and was the first guy to say uh, you know I'm leaving I'm a junior I'm going to go play in this spring league I'm the best player in the country I need money I want to you know provide for my family and I don't want to get hurt one more year at Georgia um, there, there's all kind of different scenarios like the ones we mentioned and Herschel Walker although I doubt we're going to see Heisman's jumping to uh, the XFL, especially one like Kyler Murray, because MLB, NFL, XFL. If you're if you're just strictly talking dollars and cents, Vince, you got to go MLB all day long because 
they make the most. Yeah, and your career most likely is not going to end in in, <laughs> yeah. uh, in a split second. Either. Unless you play in the XFL, maybe, with new, safer rules. That's right. <laughs> Which we'll get into in a sec. Oh, you know what? Um, another flag in the end zone. Can't end on a defensive <laughs> penalty, Bryant. Real quick, last bonus down here. Jim Ross, the famous professional wrestling announcer who once upon a time was at a voice of the XFL called games in 2001, was asked on Twitter if he would be calling games for the new XFL. He answered, quote, highly unlikely. Are you disappointed by uh, good old JR saying he probably won't be involved? Uh, no. Uh, I mean, I love I love me some JR, you know, from my uh, from my wrestling background and stuff. But, uh, you know, you know, JR is 20 years ago. You know, <laughs> JR is a different man. Uh, the game might have passed him up a little bit, too. But uh, it's always great to hear from him. But I, I don't think we need to actually hear uh, him calling games. I would love – you know who I would love to hear, though? And I'll tell you, I'll throw this guy out here right now. It's Mar Ronaldo on a football call. I think that would be great. <laughs> oh, my goodness, what a <laughs> touchdown pass. <laughs> <laughs> More Ronaldo calling anything would be great. He's the best announcer in all the sports, combat or, you know, uh, sports with balls. I, I, I want to hear him. You're right. He's the number. If you have a number one pick of announcers, he's easily uh, that okay. guy. Then maybe Gus Johnson. Yeah, I, I, that's why I'm kind, I'm really hoping Fox is the uh, the You're broadcaster of choice. Vince, Vince is coming out rooting first person to start to say he wants a certain network to be the TV provider for the XFL. So you're going for Fox just because uh, unless there, unless there's a you know a talent exchange and maybe and, yeah. and maybe Gus Johnson could be you know NBC could grab him for a little bit. Maybe hey, maybe they're going to trade Ronda to SmackDown and then. Gus Johnson will come over to Fox <laughs> yeah, or something know. like that. I don't know. I, I don't know or if that's from Fox. That's going to be. Alan, can we, can, we, can we review? Can we? I know you hate this, but can we review the last play? Because I did want to mention one thing that that uh, Jake's not here, but I definitely think you would like, um, and maybe you too, Vince. Oliver Luck did mention something about possibly the fans voting on what color the team's uniforms they'll play in during the game. So I don't know if that's something that'll that'll interest you guys at all. By the way. It, it, it would because I would always vote for distinctly different colors because those yeah. color rush <laughs> games are horrible if you're colorblind. I never know who's who. So uh, we, we, I need to know who the home team and the home and the away team is when I flip on a game. I mean, come on. That's basic stuff. I'm all for more jerseys and selling more and having alternates, but the two teams need to be distinctly different. That's what I'm voting for. I will vote adamantly on those for sure. Any more flags? Are we good? All right, well, okay, no flags in the end zone. The cover two is finally over. No more bonus downs. It's time to get to what we're here for this week, and those are the new rules of the reimagined game of football and the XFL that are being tweaked, that are being hypothesized, that are being experimented with, and they are the subject of this week's hot read. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! Go! about some YouTube video that was up and taken down real quick by the XFL. They released it, and the video showed what was worked on during their 
quote-unquote football lab test, we've been calling it. But, since then, the one long video was taken down, more videos have been posted and left up by the league, and they're about the same thing, a little bit more concise, with a lot of the same info, but some new glimpses into potential XFL rules. So on the hot read this week, we're going to go over those rules, and we're going to talk about what we like, what we dislike, what we think they should keep working on or completely get rid of. And of course, you fans, you football freaks can let us know what you think of these rules as well. At XFL Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And of course, you could call the XFL fan line anytime at 724-565-4XFL. What happened was that the XFL's football operations staff, that's senior VP of the XFL, Doug Whaley, Director of Football Ops Sam Schwartzstein and CEO of Optimum Scouting Eric Galco, they were down in Mississippi and they ran test practices and a test game in conjunction with the National Junior Collegiate Athletic Association. These practices and game game were held at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College in Perkinson, Mississippi and Pearl River Community College. And while well, the Director of Football Operations Sam Schwartzstein called this the first of three iterations before fans could see XFL football played. So experiment one of three. He also said that the first touchdown was a double forward pass. I don't know what that really is or what that looks like, but we will discuss now. I don't know what scale you're going to be grading on, Vince. Brian, I don't know what you're going to be using. I'm just going to give you a keep it or drop it when we talk about these rules. And the first rule we'll talk about that was tested in Mississippi, the 25 to 30 second play clock. That is the less stall, more ball aspect. Vince, keep the play clock moving, get to the line of scrimmage and run a play. That's 80 to 85 plays per game, Bryant, like you said. What do you think of that rule? 25 to 30 seconds, Bryant. Well, I'm using the, uh, the, the, the five-star scale on this one, uh, Alan, and and. I think I'm going to give this one about a because it's not defined 25 to 38. I can't go the full five, so I think I'm going to go about four. Four, I'll give it four stars. I think it's it's going to move the game. It's going to be great, fast pace. Something that all of like said too about this play clock is that the coaches are going to be able to talk to quarterbacks all the way up until the snap. I mean that's huge. So uh, I think this play clock is going to be pretty good. Four stars. <laughs> I, lo- I love that aspect of talking to in his ear as his hands are underneath the center's <laughs> rear. Saying, don't snap it. That, don't do it. That I, uh, that part I'm gonna give a thumbs down. Uh, <laughs> that that is that's a big thumbs down to me. Um, but uh, but the play clock I'm gonna give a thumbs up. And, and you know you talk about getting more plays in. It would not surprise me if, if the length of the game was decreased from the 60 minutes uh, that that's currently used in traditional ball games. Uh, so we may see the same amount of plays as, as you know, say an NFL game, but uh, but they're going to happen faster, less stall. Well, I, I think the league has said sixty minutes is the goal, isn't it, Bryant? They want eleven on 11, 60 minute football. I think he said. Uh, I think the word he used was sacrilegious. Is that what the, was that the word that were fifteen Sac- minute quarters? Yes, sacrilegious. When he came to fifteen minute quarters, that that was not going to go away. Well, he says that, but I think I think maybe <laughs> once we we spend a little bit more time in the laboratory, that may change. It's not something they mentioned at least yet, Vince. So I think it's going to be sixty seconds. 
at 60 minutes and a 25 to 30 second play clock. I'm I'm rooting for a 25 second play clock. Oh my god! (laughs) I want. Well, listen. The next rule we talk about, you do have a spotter of the ball who's designated to only do that. So the ball is going to be there. So you're you're not going to have to wait on anybody to get a playoff. So I say 25 second play clock with that designated ball spotter. Keep it. That's a great rule. That is exactly what you need to keep the game moving full speed, 80 to 90 plays a game. Dud. I'm giving the dedicated ball spotting job a dud. What? I, Why? I, I, I don't well, see the point that, of first it. First of all, it th- it takes forever for some of these refs to find the it football. Not oh forever. my goodness! Yes, it does. It does. Especially if no, you've watched as much Pac-12 football as I've had <laughs> this past year. Terrible at spotting the ball. Absolutely Wait, awful. Minutes go by. It seems like minutes. Just okay. a, just absolutely ridiculous. I, I'm giving a big thumbs up to the dedicated I ball spotter. And y- here's something that nobody's talking about. You better be in shape. If you're going to be a ball spotter in this league, you got to be on your game. Yeah, I'm not signing up for that job, but it looks like a good one. And also, it is a job. Brian, what are you going against more jobs for? It's helping the economy. More jobs. (laughs) First of all, I'm very upset that Vince has been watching Pac-12 football and has not told me this year. But anyway, we'll we'll go over that later. Uh, It does not take... First of all, if the ball spotter gets the ball there at the three-second mark instead of the seven-second mark. you think the players are going to be ready to throw that play into, into effect? It takes a good 10, 15 seconds to get everybody to the line anyway. So that's not going to happen. It, this ball spotter is, is a great, it's fluff, but it's okay. there's no substance there. It, mean, it, it's empty. Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to be ready to snap the ball. Well, well that's the thing. Yeah, like you the know, that's that's the thing. You know, the line. Between the, uh, between the, the ball spotting and the short play clock, you know, the chess match that, that you have there it is going to be you know drastically different you know you you're going to have to be multiple if you're going to play in this league you know the 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 days of sub package football and and you know uh, substitutions every play those days are gone oh, in the XFL thank god thank thank you because sub package football is kind of ruining uh, the NFL and getting to know your favorite players too. You can't even keep track of who's in the game anymore sometimes. And, and sometimes I miss a play. I'm watching a Steeler game, Vince, because I'm just saying, where the hell's Hayward? Where, who's in there? What number is that? You can't tell. The sub-package football goes away in the 25-second yeah, play un- Unless, you know, uh, you know, outside of the nose tackle, you never know who's coming out after first down. It, and it's, it's, it's a fun chess match, I'm sure, for the coaches, but uh, it's just going to make the game a lot uh, easier to follow, and, and uh, you're going to have to have better athletes. I think it's a great thing. With a ball spotter, that helps it keep moving. What about the continuous clock, though? Let's go to that next. Outside of two minutes, which quarters isn't really specified in these videos uh, but from the Mississippi Experiments, guys? Um, but the continuous running clock outside of two minutes, whether that's at the second and fourth quarter or all quarters, what do you think of it? Bryant, go first. Uh, I'm gonna give this a two and a half stars. The reason is, is it, on on they haven't mentioned it, but I assume that it's gonna continue to run um, on change of change of possession. I feel like uh, that should be a pause in the game, at least for 30 seconds or whatever it is uh, to switch sides. Um, but uh, I hope, I hope that it is at the halves because unless they're gonna be changing possession at the end of every quarter, there's no real reason to slow down the game at the end of a quarter, only at the end of halves. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a thumbs in the middle. I I don't think for you know continuous. I, I like what Brian said there, and that 
you know, even switching possessions. That seems a little extreme. Uh, yeah, it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned when, when you see stuff like that. You know, there's going to be so much hurry in, in order to get out there. I'm wondering if the quality of the play is going to be affected. Uh, it's that's a definite, uh, I'd say, legitimate concern uh, with the clock just moving and moving and moving. That you know you want more plays, but also you know if someone's injured, there's no injury time like in soccer, or at least we're not hearing that. So you could lose a bunch of plays too with uh, you know natural stalls like that that just you can't are unavoidable, something like that. And then with this two minute rule, I'm hoping it's every quarter you get the stoppage in the last two minutes. That way, it makes quarters a thing because like we talked about, I think, last week, Bryant, if it's only the second and fourth quarter, then you almost might as well just play halves. So if you have it at the end of every quarter, that makes a little bit more sense. And I'm all for the clock continually moving, but also you don't want this thing to go too fast and spin out of control. I'm going to go keep it. But uh, I'm, I'm hesitant, but I'm going to say. But I think quarters are important because, you know, and I believe in Pittsburgh, correct me if I'm wrong, you have an open-ended stadium on one side and not on the other, correct? So um, for stadiums like that, it matters what direction you're going in, right? And once upon a time, that would have mattered at Heinz Field. But, yeah, that, I know what you're saying. Direction, wind shift, especially in a place like MetLife Stadium where winds are swirling and you're, where you, which way you're going sometimes is important. That'll be a part of, you know, why quarters matter. But I think keeping that continuous clock running outside of two minutes should be the rule for every quarter, not just end of second, end of fourth. I just don't see why it's so important to have the ball stopped and because you're not going to lose possession if the quarter runs out. So just let the quarter run out. That's why I don't think it's important to pause unless you're changing possessions at the end of every quarter. Like I So that, let me get the star rating again on that rule from you, Brian. That was, a, I believe, a two and a half. So I'm going to say two and a half. So that's kind of right in the middle, and then you, you thumbs in the middle, and then I'm, I'm, I'm saying keep it, but not the most confident. But I'm not going to drop it. I got there are two more experiments, iterations, as they put it. I got to see this thing uh, in action. Uh, what about the five yard halo rule on punts? I'm all for it. I watch the CFL; it's great. You actually get punts, and you know what? Not as many penalties, and it's a more important play. Yeah, I, I, I've got thumbs up on this one. Punt returns. I've had countless people tell me that they feel that, you know, the punt return is, you know, the most exciting play in the game. Uh, you know, a punt return touchdown of a guy, you know, maneuvering all around. And, and, and then you know, jumping and, up and yeah, super kicking a yeah, punter. And, I mean, and, it's great. And, you know, with you know, with fair <laughs> catches, that, you know, how, what percentage of you know, punt returns don't happen because of that. It's probably, you know, at least a quarter of them, maybe probably more. Uh, so, higher than that, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm all for it. Thumbs up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going uh, three and three-quarter stars on this one just because I feel like it almost gives a little too much of an advantage to the punter, but it definitely is going to be more action. I mean, I am excited for that. I feel like the no-fair catch, um, it's like a wasted play in football, right? If you're going to fair catch, it just – you know, give me the ball 40 yards away from where you are and let's just start from there. So at least the punt um, is going to give uh, the perception of, of of more exciting football, and that's what, that's all you want. And you always have the possibility of muff plays, things like that, which are always exciting with punts. So uh, three and – what did I say? Three and three quarters. Uh, so I think we're all saying basically keep the five-yard halo rule on punts. We like that. I don't even need to see more. I think that will work. I've seen it in the CFL. What about 
something we saw in the old XFL in the playoffs. Tiered extra points. Two-yard line, you get one point. Five-yard line extra points, you get two points. 15-yard line, you score an extra point, you get three points after a touchdown. No kicking, just going under center or, or from from scrimmage, mate, having another play. What do you think of that, Vince? It's That one, to me at least, is a harder hurdle to get over, but I see the excitement in it. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say... I'm gonna say a thumbs in the middle, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. I, I think it's definitely more exciting. There's no doubt about that. Extra points, even though in the NFL, you know, they moved it back uh, quite a few yards, it's still kind of boring. Uh, unless uh, Chris Boswell's kicking. Yeah, unless unless you have a questionable kicker, then it's a little too exciting. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about this three-point play, and that it's worth. You know, half a touchdown or, or, or a field goal. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I think it's hard enough at the 15 yards, you know, that it's, you know, it's certainly worthy of three points. I'm just not sure if that should be given. I mean, nine points off of off of a regular touchdown, something that used to be two possessions. I'm, I'm just not sure. I, I got to think about that one. Well, I think, I think you, you hit it with your last sentence. You hit it with your last sentence, Vince. Something that used to be two possessions can now be one, and that's nine points. A, a very key score in, in football, right? Eight points, still a one-possession game. Nine points, a two-possession game. Now that extends it to ten points um, to make it a two-possession game in the XFL. I'm giving this four stars. The oh. reason I'm not going much higher, and I'll tell you why, is because I wish there was a rule in place to where um, you always had to go for two unless a certain situation in the game, whether it be you're down or... Um, you know, you're, you're trying to come from behind or you've missed an extra point. Now you get to go for two points. Things like that would be a little bit better. I know oh, it's a little so convoluted. So you're saying you should only be allowed to go for two or three if it's like later in a game or if you're losing by so much. If you're losing by so much, if you've missed an extra point already um, or at a certain part of the game, last two minutes, things like that. Um, that would be to my to, to, for me, that would be better. But oh. I, I still like the fact that you could have these crazy scores. And and if if you remember, uh, Chip Kelly at Oregon used to go for two-point conversions all the time. Uh, now that would be worth one point. But you know some of these coaches might go for the 15 yards all the time. Oh, my God. That's risky. 15-yard line. Crazy. You, you bring up a good point. Crazy scores. Th- this this benefits block pool players. Like if if you know normally you know you're saying if you got like a five or a two you're saying oh I'm, I'm done, but now you know you got a shot gambling in mind. <laughs> it's this thing. This is the hardest <laughs> hurdle for me to get over, and I I'm, I like. What I, are you I, laughing about, Brian? I can get over this. <laughs> I can get over this Just, hurdle. Are you telling me you haven't filled out a block pool recently? <laughs> <laughs> Every Super Bowl, everybody does. Every Come Bowl. on, I've never done one every Sunday or Saturday, but I've done one on the Super Bowl. It might become a thing. It might be the next betting thing. Uh, you know, uh, if, you lived, if you lived, if you lived in a city, if you lived in a city with an NFL team, you you'd know all about block <laughs> on a weekly basis. He lives in Los Angeles. They got two. You find twice the number of pools. Kinda. Well, <laughs> this all right, the tiered extra points. I'm down with, but can we just make one more? Th- addition to this because i like an extra point kick let's kick it from the 40 for one point if you, you you're oh, i don't think anybody f- would do wait it. the ball's on the 40 or you kick it on the 40 you kick a 40 yarder i don't think so anybody would do it 
I think that they would rather try to get two yards than put it on the twenty-three. What do you think, Tom? What do you think Tommy Maddox would do? <laughs> we know the answer to that. I know, I know what Tommy Gunn's doing. He's go, he's going for it. I don't know, but give him the option. I mean, you wouldn't. So I, I like it. You'd go for like one it. from the two instead of kicking it. Forty from the yards. Twenty-three. Yeah, well, you're talking about a, so the ball forty-yard field goal balls on the seventeen, eighteen-yard line. Yeah, tw- Twenty-three-yard uh, line. Twenty-three. <laughs> no. No. Seventeen. 17 yards. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my apologies. Matt, it's so 23 right, yard line. <laughs> um, I, I like it. I, I don't mind it. Maybe a little bit further. Make it a little bit more challenging. But but I, think I of this. Good. The tiered extra points makes coaching and decision making just so, so exciting. And you only got 25 seconds. I mean, that <laughs> ball is going to be spotted. <laughs> That's a good point. You, it's already spotted. You might, how long are you going to have to tell the spotter where to spot it? It's crazy. And there's going to be a running clock, too. Right hash, left hash. Spotter's going to be right on top of that. That's their job. Yeah, will you get to choose the hash you want? I wonder. If there's a a coach in the XFL (laughs) who ends up killing it and being the best decision maker and and winning all these games, winning multiple championships, I I could see an – if you're good at that, doing all these quick decisions that the XFL might make you – we might have a president who was an XFL head coach one day. Because he's going to be, you got to be such a great decision maker for tiered extra points, 25 second play clocks. This is a fast game we're talking about. It sounds like it. Let's stall more ball. If you guys want to bring in gambling here, what are the over under of ball spotters getting run over by a play in the XFL <laughs> well, 2020? Just curious. Well, I think it's a if the boss if the boss ready to go once he spots it, are we going to give him time to walk out to the sideline and, and not be in the play? I mean, as soon as that whistle's blown, those spotters need to be running They're out of the game. field. I would use them as a blocker. Maybe we could put the spotter on the spider cam and lower okay. them onto the field whenever they need to spot a ball after a play. Like Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more like those uh, those uh, plush toy games at the at the restaurant. You know, claw you get put in a dollar at Denny's. <laughs> plush toy <laughs> games. They're called claw yeah, machines. Claw. <laughs> Whatever. The claw. Oh, man. It's fun reimagining football, but... I don't know about unlimited forward passes behind the line of scrimmage. That sounds like an NFL blitz type thing to me, Vince. Very video game sounding, but the XFL is experimenting with it, and apparently a touchdown was scored with this rule in place. Uh, I'm going to say thumbs in the middle on this one. I don't see it making a, you know, a hill of beans difference in, uh, in the result of games. I don't think it's going to make that much difference if you're lateral in it or forward passing it and then thrown it again I, I just don't yeah I, I think something really really remarkable would have to happen in a, in a game what's the why behind this? because so then you don't have to review it that's, that's what exactly I'm what it is they don't yeah. want to have to review whether uh, like a screen w- uh, that was maybe a, a lateral and eligible for a fumble would this mean that anything behind the line of scrimmage is a fumble no, uh, well that's a good point no. I uh, probably not but well I, I don't know I don't know I say drop it. This one's just too confusing. As cool as that sounds, double forward pass. Why? I can't figure out the why. You guys disappointed me so much. Seven stars for this rule because it's going to bring the excitement to this game that you've never seen before. I mean, you line up in the shotgun position. You're not throwing that pass backwards, right? That's not what's going to happen. But if you throw it forward behind the line of scrimmage and then you've got a receiver headed down the field, how is that not exciting? You guys are you're, you're, you're not broadening your spectrum of football I'm not saying it's uh, not fanism. exciting. I'm just saying but that I don't problem? think it's going to happen that much. 
I, that's what I said I'm fine with it. I'm just not. I'm just not. I don't. I'd, I'd be a little surprised if this revolutionized the game. Maybe I'm wrong. You never seen the quadruple lateral forward pass down the field flea flicker before? Come on, that's the know. kind of stuff you're gonna see. I Seven think I'm stars. just more defensive minded than I don't know. See how that it would ever be executed properly? What about the one yard neutral zone? Negative seven stars. Yeah, that's a drop it for me. That's one thing that irks me about the CFL. These these defensive linemen, they have to be in too good a shape, Vince. I need some fat guys, although with the 25-second play clock, don't know if that's happening anyway. So I think with that short play clock, one-yard neutral zone would seem highly likely to me. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit last week, uh, and, and it, it seems a lot like a, a player safety type issue. You don't have uh, big gargantuans just button heads immediately every play. Uh, I, I'm, I, I really got to see this in action before I could really say something about it. I mean, I, well, I think, it, I think it has tr- tremendous potential. I, I really do, I, and especially if this is you know going to be a passing league like we all expect, uh, an exciting league, then I don't think this will really you know cause too much of a stir. I mean, Vince, you can watch it in the CFL right now. It's 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 what I've seen from the uh, CFL, and I'm not liking it. Uh, you're right; it is it is a safety thing. I don't think there's if if ands or buts about that. But uh, the one yard neutral zone rule, I feel like, just eliminates the pass pass rush, um, and I'm not I'm not a fan of it. What did I say? Nate? I mean, I'm, I'm being a little um, <laughs> little gimmicky here when I say minus seven stars, but I, I definitely do not. I don't like this one. Oh wow! Yeah. Really hates it. I mean, I'm a drop, but I'm not. It's not that awful. It's not like a double forward pass NFL blitz thing. But whatever. Last last rule we got here, guys. No, no three point stance. No three point stance for offensive linemen. That's a big poof for me. Drop it. Why even consider that? I know safety, but come on. The essentials of football is a hand in the dirt. On the line of scrimmage, please do not enforce this rule. Well, I, I see what you're saying, but uh, you know, I, I mean, especially if you look at you know some college offenses, even some NFL offenses, you know, how many three point stances are you really seeing on, on a on a daily basis? All guards, yeah. Well, some guards don't, uh, you know, especially if they're ones that are calling for the snap. You know, they're they're not doing that. Um, I, I'm I'm completely fine with it. That's just the way, you know. Football is played to appeal to to mass amounts of people, uh, with with spread concepts and in you know, passing formations, and, and that that's fine. That's just the way the way it is. And especially if you know if you're going to couple this with the one yard neutral zone rule, you know, there's no reason for a. Uh, uh, lineman to be in the three point stance because he he's just going to get up in, in a in a pass blocking situation anyway. I think if you're going to have one, you should definitely have the other. Well, that's why I'm against both. <laughs> uh, I I don't really have a star rating uh, to give this because it's, it's it's one of those like thank you next type of moments. I, whatever, <laughs> it's, it's 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 fine. Stan, don't you stand. don't have an opinion on this. No, this one's fine. Just do whatever you want. Whatever's comfortable. Look, it's hard for me to whatever's get Whatever's comfortable. <laughs> I understand why people don't want to. Some, some old linemen look at the dirt and they're like, nope, that's too far. I don't want to reach down that far. So they're not going to. Whatever. Who cares? 
<laughs> I just can't it dread really the day we see a flag. <laughs> <laughs> Illegal hand on the ground. Offense. Number 77. The guard. Ten-yard penalty. Ten yards for that. Gee. I don't know what Ten they're doing. It's a pre-snap penalty. It'll probably be five. I'm hoping. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Three-point stance. Very serious penalty. <laughs> it's like a neutral zone infraction. All right. Well, those are the rules that the XFL said they were experimenting on and posted on that those videos on their YouTube channel. If you want to check those out, go check out the XFL's YouTube channel or just go to XFL.com. They got them all there. We've retweeted them at XFL show as well. And let us know what you think, how you rate them, your, whatever your system is. Let us know and uh, your favorite rules, ones you like, dislike, and uh, chime in with us. Or just call in and we'll put you on the show on an XFL Coast to Coast segment, 724-565-4XFL. Vince, before we go, man, of all those rules, the number one rule you absolutely want to see the XFL keep. Uh, I'm going to give you a combination of the two, and it's the, the play clock and the ball spotting. Same here. Absolutely essential. Those are mine. The 25-second play clock with a ball spotter. That is money for more game flow. Bryant, how about you? Uh, can I give you two that I don't want? And that is the one-yard neutral zone and the dedicated ball spotter. It just doesn't make any sense in my head. The more I think about it, the ball spotter, he, if he's not going to be allowed to stay on the field to play, it's going to take him three to four seconds to get off the field. That's just wasted as much time. I don't get it. I don't get it. Or mate, who You don't know. He might be standing next, behind the line of scrimmage. He might be on the field. They haven't said where this ball spotter will be, although I would assume the sideline. But uh, – I don't know. It's re- we're reimagining the game and not being there in the football lab with the football ops department, in the XFL, witnessing these rules being tweaked and in, in action is kind of hard to picture. But I'm just thinking in my head what all this would look like. So hopefully more videos like those come out with more details and hopefully we'll get some of the football ops people in the XFL on the show, which we're trying to do for you. And we'll get a glimpse into what they're thinking in terms of the rules and player personnel Moving forward with the XFL, we're going to get some big announcements in early 2019 regarding these things. And I, for one, cannot wait. The football ops aspect, Vince, is, to me, the most interesting thing. Absolutely. I think so. We're talking about reimagining the game. And you got to put together a plan for it. And you got to test it out uh, to make sure that it's good to go. Make sure that you've really thought everything through. The game will be fair. It will be balanced. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, something the first XFL really didn't do. <laughs> they just kind of went out there and said, yeah, no fair catch. Have fun. <laughs> Brian, anything left to say, man, before we're out of here this week? I don't know, man. Just, it, it seems that uh, Oliver Luck's hitting his goal, which is recognizable yet very different. Um, it's, it's it's an exciting time, man. There's so much to talk about. I, I can't believe what we've come to since January. This is great. Oh, it is, and it's only going to get better, and we thank each and every single one of you who is subscribed already to the show. Tell your friends about yes. it. Thank you to those who reviewed. Congratulations to our big winner of our XFL gift bag giveaway. More of those to come. We'll uh, do another drive maybe with our YouTube page or something where well, more subscribers, more reviews will uh, enter you into some contests. We're always looking for more content, more ways to get you cool stuff. And uh, that's going to be coming in 2019. Big things planned, not only for the XFL, for us right here. We we got big things planned. As well as the league grows, we are too with you. So thanks a lot, everybody. Uh, remember, call Vince. He's dying for more messages 
on the fan line. He said, where are my messages? <laughs> 724-565-4XFL. Get on the fan line and uh, call Vince out. Right, Vince? You've been dying for some voicemails. Absolutely. Give us a call because remember, the XFL is listening. They want to hear from you. Yes, they are. For Vince, <laughs> for Brian, I'm Alan. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week on This Is the XFL Show.